Hey everyone, before we get started, a quick note. This is one of the early episodes recorded back in 2015 before we left New Mexico and moved on to the sailing catamaran Don Treader and before we became a full-time traveling family. As you can imagine, a lot has happened since this was recorded, but I do hope you enjoy hearing this backstory. If you want to stick around until the end, I'll share how to find out what we are doing now. But first, a step back in time before we went from New Mexicast to New Mexicastaways. Enjoy. again, it is Rosalinda Roman, and this is New Mexicast Audio Edition, the newest iteration of my adventures into independent work, um, and I am on my way to meet with Toby Eunice, who is a jack of many trades, but in this capacity that I'm meeting him on is um, he is helping me with the film club that I have created for uh, the kids at my daughter's school. Um, it's an elementary school. The club is for two to second through fifth graders. And um, it's in a relatively rural community uh, just outside of Albuquerque. Um, and I have been doing this film club from the beginning of the school year. I had the idea last summer because there were many things going on in our school district. Two of the uh, area elementary schools closed because of really bad um, financial distress of the district. And so they had to close two schools and merge into our school. And the process of that happening collided at the same time with all of the talk of these new tests called PARC um, and many other things that were going on within the school district. A lot of people were up in arms, still are, because our kids are taking a lot of tests. In fact, I don't think my daughter actually learned anything outside of uh, Gifted and Film Club. She, she has a few uh, areas that she gets pulled out to, but uh, this week was all about testing, and when we get back from spring break, um, it will be the same. So anyway, all of these things were going on in the school, and as a parent who, you know, this is my first go-around as a parent to kids in an elementary school in this modern era, um, I didn't really know what to do about all that. I have friends who are educators who do a lot of things, um, you know, um, a lot of lobbying and a lot of work um, in terms of uh, trying to get their opinion out there and maybe make some changes through the system, if you will, you know, working uh, through government channels or through the education system. But that's way outside of what my comfort zone is. Um, and frankly, I don't really know uh, how I feel about a lot of the things. Um, you know, merging schools, well, if it had to happen, I feel like it needed to happen. But I also recognize that it was very difficult for a lot of people because many of these uh, parents, their kids grew up in this district. So um, needless to say, I mean, they grew up in this district, so now their kids are going to have to go to a different school than they did. And, you know, change can be hard. Um, and then, the, of course, with the testing, the verdict is still out on that. 
and I guess it may be just my reporter background, but I, I try not to really um, have a strong opinion or at least express that publicly um, until I have enough facts. I like to gather information. Um, but I knew immediately I could see that my daughter, uh, Ahava, who is in fourth grade now, was, uh, she went from being the kid in second grade who literally cried when the school year ended because she didn't want it to end because she loved school so much, to now she really kind of feels like she's phoning it in, she's not excited about a lot of things, and that really scared me. So I guess at the same time that all these bigger societal issues were going on, I felt like I needed to do something, if I could, um, to at least help my kids um, stay excited. Um, and I thought about my skill set, and I th- realized, well, I could teach reporting, um, because obviously that's where my, my career and real skills, um, as far as training goes and, and life experience, career experience, um, was in mainstream broadcasting and then independent broadcasting. Um, and so I thought, well, I could teach that, or my hobby for many years um, has been filmmaking. And I've done filmmaking since I was a reporter in Phoenix when I needed a break from uh, the murder and mayhem of being um, one of the lead reporters um, in the newsroom, and I would cover daily whatever you know, horrible story, child drowning, somebody murdered somebody, you know, awful stuff. And I needed a break from that negativity. So I got involved with some filmmakers. Actually, we were just screenwriters, um, dabbling in screenwriting, really. And we created a group called Lime Wrangler. Um, And we made some, we decided at some point, we went to a film festival and we thought we could do that, a short film festival. And so we started making short films. And I eventually uh, edited, I mean, uh, directed a little movie called Cookies for Callie, which I was very proud of. And we had some really, a lot of fun on that movie. And I've gone on uh, after that to go to do some projects here in New Mexico uh, through a, a really cool project called the 48-Hour Film Project, where you get together a team and then you start the weekend with basically an assignment, uh, a line of dialogue, a prop, um, a character. And you have to write, shoot, edit, and turn in an entire film, uh, about six minutes, I think, um, by the end of that 48 hours. So from Friday, I don't know, at 6 or 7 o'clock at night, to Sunday at 6 or 7 o'clock at night, uh, you hand in this little film, and then they have a little screening and festival, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. So I was involved in some of those as well. So as I thought about my girls' school and what could I do, I mean, I certainly have been volunteering, you know, helping to arrange Halloween or whatever parties or um, volunteering on the PTO and where I've made some of my best friends now. Um, so that was a great way to get involved, but I wanted to do something a little bit bigger for me and to use the skills that I actually came to this uh, equation with. And so I uh, started this film club. I call it Roadrunner Reels because the 
the school's mascot is uh, are the Roadrunners, and uh, we have been meeting every week for since um, I don't know August. So now um, I can't even count eight months maybe, and now we are in the actual shooting of this movie, which is really wild to think about. Sometimes when I stop and and realize I I know a lot of people when they've learned about our film club. They think, oh, that's great, you're teaching them about movies, maybe movie appreciation. And I try to explain that, no, actually we're making a movie with professional, with a professional crew. Um, and the person I'm on my way to meet is Toby Yunus, and he's our director of photography. And we had our first actual shoot last, uh, on Monday, just this week. It feels like a long week because it was a lot. We basically have these kids. We went. I had them go through the process of learning screenwriting, and we wrote the script together. Then we went through the process of casting, um, and they actually auditioned. I made all the kids audition. Um, one boy opted out, but out of the 26 kids that I have every week, 25 of them auditioned. They all wanted the lead role and that was actually part of what I, my intention was with this club uh, last year I, I saw the, the local talent show at the elementary school and I felt frustrated because out of the 50 acts that auditioned 50 made it and many of the kids were not prepared and there was just some I was I felt very frustrated by the way it went and you know, I understand I don't want kids to be crushed or heartbroken, but I also think that there's a certain amount of uh, a lesson that can be learned from not making something. Um, maybe you work harder next time. Maybe, you know, you find that there's something else that you love more. And so it was really hard for me to actually um, cast this film because it's not just my kids, but it's my best friend's kids and other kids at the school who have been dedicating their time to the film club from the beginning of the school year. So it was really, really hard. There were some really good little potential actors and actresses. Um, but in the end, I cast the movie with two uh, main characters and four secondary characters. And now I brought in professional film crew and we are actually shooting this movie and eventually we will screen it in a theater at the end of the school year so that's been taking up most of my time delightfully so and um, that's where you know, I just recently just got an email from the station that runs New Mexicast uh, the TV show uh, which by the way if you're just tuning in New Mexicast is a half-hour TV show that I created uh, on my own, one-woman band, um, using my former mainstream media broadcasting skills. Um, I had it as a video podcast originally, and then I eventually evolved it to become uh, a half-hour show. And in December, I wrapped uh, season two of New Mexicast. So I recently got a note from the folks at the TV station that runs my, my show saying, hey, how about season three? <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm kind of at a place now where I'm going to make sure that I want to do this before I move forward. So right now I'm having a great amount of fun making this uh, film with these kids. The nice thing about filmmaking versus working independently um, on my show is that I have a community and I get to experience the interaction with people on a on a face-to-face -face real level um, with 
New Mexicast, I tended to put the episodes out there and then I may or may not get a little feedback. But usually it was a lot of output and very little input. Um, and that's very different than what this film production is. This gives me a chance to collaborate, to be uh, back in the role of a teacher. Not that I ever was an actual teacher, but when we lived on a boat in the Bahamas, I stepped in at the local school, um, at the Hopetown Elementary School, um, primary school, I guess they call it there. And uh, they, when we came through, it was so cute because the principal was very smart, Candace Key. She said, we, we went there to see if our daughter, Ahava, could go to school there. We had heard that they accepted occasional transients, which is what we were, coming through their community, and they would let them go to school at their school. But in exchange, she wanted to know, well, what can you contribute to our school? And I said, well, I, I can speak Spanish. And uh, Nathan, my husband, is a physician. And at the time, we had a, a nanny who lived on board. Uh, she was just actually in between semesters. Uh, she uh, was, uh, her name's Mar uh, Melissa Paschke. And she was going from her bachelor's degree in marine biology and waiting a semester before she started pursuing her master's degree. So we're like, hey, you want to live on a boat? What, what better place for a marine biologist? So she was great, and she lived with us for, I think, two months or so. And so she also brought something to the table at that school. And, you know, it's funny because now that I'm talking about it, I really think that that set the stage for what I am doing with this film club. Because in the end, when you feel like you don't know what to do, I feel like you look back at what do I already know and what can I do with that? Um, because when we were living on a boat and you know we show up at this school, I didn't know what I could contribute. Um, there were obviously lots of, it's an island uh, called Hopetown in the Abacos of the Bahamas. And everybody there knew boating, so it wasn't like I was gonna teach them anything about that. So sure enough, I became their temporary Spanish teacher, and Nathan came in and taught some of the older kids some um, first aid and, and other um, you know, first responder type stuff. And Melissa taught some uh, things about marine biology. So it was, a, it was neat to see how we take what we know and apply that to help the kids learn something new. And that's basically what I'm doing with Film Club. So uh, I know this is a roundabout conversation, um, but basically I think that I'm at this point now where I think, okay, what can I contribute to the greater community, um, whether it is through New Mexicast or other ventures? And I do have some things on the stove cooking, um, which I'll get to in future episodes when they start to gel. But um, for now, I'm really enjoying this, I'm calling it the incubation period, where I'm getting really clear on what I want to spend my time doing. One of the things that comes out of leaving mainstream media for me was this sense of panic that I had to, um, you know, I didn't want to lose my skills. I didn't want to um, be seen as someone who just did nothing. I, you know, I, there were many, I had a lot of hang-ups. I don't know if everyone else feels this way when they leave um, a career that they spent so much time on. But I needed to work through that, and that, and New Mexico has did that for me. It gave me the chance to really um, know that I can do this independently and 
and it's totally wonderful and valid and I'm very proud of the effort that I've put into that. That, that being said, now I'm at this point where I'm like, okay, now I know I can do that. What else do I want to do? And that's where I am right now. Um, one of the things that I'm looking at, and I will, I'm sure, make the announcement here when I finally um, solidify that, is how I can use my broadcasting skills from all those years in the mainstream media to help other people. Um, so you can look for stuff about that in the future. But for now, I think I'm just enjoying chatting and sharing my random thoughts. I wonder if I should, instead of calling this New Mexicast, just call it Rosalinda's Random Thoughts. Um, or maybe better yet, Rosalinda's Random Ramblings. Um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, I'm about to get to where Toby is. I have to hand off the SD cards that he shot our little movie on on Monday because he is a very busy guy doing a lot of things here in the very bustling New Mexico film industry. And so um, I have to give him back his SD cards because he needs some audio off of that. Uh, but anyway, I digress. I really appreciate you listening. And um, if you haven't had a chance to go back and look at my library of work that I've done through New Mexicast, I encourage you to do that. I have a whole bunch of episodes. I think I've done 60 stories independently. And uh, they're maybe 50-50 about New Mexico and about just interesting places we've traveled to. So I hope you'll check that out. And um, until next time, thanks for tuning in. I'm Rosalinda Roman. Once again, I marvel at how much has happened since this was recorded back in 2015. I'm happy to report that I continued these recordings throughout the process of buying, prepping for, and moving on to the Dawn Treader sailing catamaran. So you will have that to look forward to in future episodes. For now, you can find us as New Mexicast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, or just go to newmexicast.com for all the content that I have there. And if you want to support this show, please consider joining the New Mexico Castaways crew. You can do that at patreon.com slash newmexicast, which is where we will share a lot more content, including photos and videos from each of these podcast episodes, plus updates on where this crazy crew is now. Thanks again for listening and supporting our enchanting adventures. I'm Rosalinda Roman, who you just heard was... Samuel. Yep, and this is New Mexico Castaways. <laughs>